0: There's a lot of room up there um, and then last week, Brother girth went over romans eight twenty six and twenty seven if you remember, you know which culminates in verse twenty eight All things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose and so in meditating on those and thinking on those and Just, you know, asking the Lord, where do you want me to go tonight? Um, One of the things that really just, you know, my wife coined this phrase a while back, cutting me upside the head with a two by four so I could learn something. Um, But the truth of the matter is sometimes that's what God needs to do with us. God really has to sometimes hit the brakes in our life. Bring us to a complete standstill where we're going, what is going on? To where we can understand that His perfect will in our life is the best plan. And so when we live in His perfect will and we're obedient to Him, we can have peace in our life. Now, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have that pit in our stomach when we have to face an uncomfortable situation because it's there. That's our our human nature. That's our flesh. We're still going to have to fight the uncomfortable things of life. But I can know when I do what is pleasing to God, And when I'm obedient to him, that uncomfortable situation is only going to last for a moment. You know, whether it's you have to go talk to a co-worker about something that they said that offended you, or sometimes you have to swallow the frog, so to speak, and say, you know, I really messed this up, boss. I said something I wasn't supposed to say. I did something I wasn't supposed to do. I caused a problem that you know, could have hurt somebody or may have hurt somebody. You know, those are things that we're going to have to face, right? It's reality, owning up to things. But again, if we do what's according to God's will, if we do what's right, if we're obedient to Him, we can still have peace through that. And so as we talk about peace, there's two types of peace I want to put out there to start with. There's peace of God, and there's peace with God. Okay, now when you think about that, it sounds, you know, there's one word difference. You know, what's really the difference in that? Well, honestly, you can't have the peace of God in your life if you don't have peace with God. How do we have that peace with God? I mean, it's really easy to sit there and say, oh, well, you know, may the peace of God be with you. Sure. But how? How is the peace of, with God supposed to happen? So, when we look at our relationship with God as He designed it, Way back in the beginning in Genesis, what did he want to do? He designed Adam and Eve so he could commune with them face to face. If you go to Genesis 3 8, is the proof of that. You know, one of the things that uh, I, I'm on deck, if you will, to preach at the prison tomorrow night. And one of the things that I really want to do there and here is say, this is what God's word says about it. This isn't what Chris Ledgett's opinion is about it. So Genesis chapter three and verse eight, it says, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. So there's our proof right there. That's what God designed them for. he come in the cool of the day to walk through the garden with them. To walk hand in hand with them. To talk with them. Hey, what's going on? But sin got in the way. And messed everything up. That's the reason why Adam and Eve had hid from God, right? Because he said, Don't eat of this tree. And they said, Oh, but you know, you know Satan said it could make me wise and I could learn things, and, and that's what I want. Now it appealed to them. And so they went ahead, ate of the fruit, which brings us to Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Wherefore is what by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin? And so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Right? So how do I have peace with God if the wrath of God is upon me? I can't. There is absolutely no way that I can have the peace of God in my situations if the wrath of God is still abiding upon me. So peace with God means that I have to come to that point in my life where I recognize I am a sinner. You're right, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So the answer to the question, how do I have peace with God? Luke ten 19. Let's go there. Nope. Memorize it wrong. It was, what? 1910. See, so that's why I got close to my secretary here. Luke 19 and verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. So if the wrath of God abides upon me, I can't have peace with God. And if I need to do something about it, I need to trust in the plan that God gave for that sin problem to be taken care of. John 3.36 says that he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth upon him. So the issue is you have to come to that point in your life where you're recognizing my sin nature and doing something about it. I can't change it myself. You can't change it yourself. It has to be God's work. I have to that come to that place and repent. I have to come to that place and say, I'm sorry, God. I am vile. I am wicked. I am a sinner. And you're right. According to your word, I, the only thing I deserve is hell. But please forgive me and make me new. Then, then the peace of God, or peace with God, rather, The peace with God can then take place. Once you are a son of God, once you are a joint heir with Jesus Christ, then you can have the peace of God in your life amongst the trials and the struggles and everything that goes on. But that's the first step. You know, I grew up in church. I sat, not physically, where... These little ones are sitting right now. But I was in church. I heard all the, the Bible stories. I knew them. But another thing that I knew was I knew how to play the game. I knew that all the adults were watching everything that us kids did. And so I knew that I had to act a certain way and only do certain things when nobody was looking. To the point where I was a teenager. I had made a profession of faith at that point. You know, I come to the point and I said, oh yeah, yeah, I need to be saved. Went forward, prayed a prayer, was baptized. But there was no point in my heart when I was really sorry for my sin. And so I would look at the adults, and I'd have this nice, innocent face of, oh, yeah, it, you know, I just want to please the Lord. I would just want to serve the Lord. You know, and you learn, especially when you're a people pleaser, that, you know, your attitude really can affect what people think of you. You know, so if I kept telling everybody, oh, I'm saved, and I'm acting in front of the people at church like I'm saved, then I'm good to go. As long as I was around people that knew me, I tried to be a chameleon. And I was good at it. I was, I, you know, regretfully so, I was really good at it. As soon as I joined the military and got away from dad and his, you know, like the prodigal son, it was like, oh, I'm away from dad. I can go do everything I want. But the thing was, is I got out in the world and I experienced things that I should never have put my hands in just because I wanted freedom. I didn't want to listen to the rules anymore. I don't have any rules. I'm a man. And, you know, what I found out is that the things that I liked doing were short-lived. The fun, you know, lasted maybe for the night if I was lucky, you know. Um, But in the end, found out that there was no peace inside. There was no peace. And so kids, I really want you just to stop tonight and think about the fact in your life when the pastor or your Sunday school teacher talks about Jesus, there's a reason that they bring that to you. Because they care. They want you to think about the fact that If God is holy and I am not, what does that mean for my life? Okay. So jumping track here onto the peace of God, one of the things that um, really got to thinking about in all of this is that the peace of God abides on me and in me when I listen to his plan. Right. When I resist the devil, I'm promised in James 4, 7 that he'll flee from me. If I have sin in my life. You know, again, that peace is just, you know, not there. Pastor was talking about the little, you know, the the secret sins in the closet on Sunday. Right, we got to go to the closet and we got to let the Lord in there, just just clean it all out. If we have little things in the closet that we're hiding, we need to address it. So, like I said, when we agree with His plan and we allow His plan to lead in our life, it's going to um, allow us to have peace. Through the situations a couple examples here so let's take joseph to start with right as a child he was hated his brothers didn't want to have anything to do with him except kill him right all the brothers are like Well, let's just kill him we'll throw him in the pit and that'll be it and his one brother's like well let's not really kill him that's a little harsh how we just we'll sell him to these guys over here that are you know sell him off as a slave let's get some money for him and so here we got Joseph his brothers mistreated him sold him into slavery and then you know here he is he's a slave in Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife is like she's after him she thinks he's handsome she wants him for her own even though she's already married and again, Joseph flees, you know, resists the devil. And he, so Joseph flees from her, leaving his coat behind. She spends a lie, he gets thrown in jail. And then he, you know, he trans, translates these two dreams. And uh, it was the uh, cupbearer for the king, for Pharaoh. It says, I'll remember you. And and I'm going to bring you, what you did for me, and I'm going to bring you up out of the prison. Well, a couple more years go by, in the prison still. You know, It's like, how? How could you have so much? I know it's not me. I don't, I, there's no way. You know, an hour goes by if someone, you know, something... You know, I'm vile, I'm wicked, I'm full of sin. You know, test to all of this came through, you know, on Monday at work, or on Tuesday at work. It was like, little circumstance here, little circumstance there, another one over here, another one over there, it was like, within the first half hour of being at work, like five different things on on the bus had broke. And it was mainly one person that was involved with it, And my face was probably as red as my shirt is right now. I was like, Oh, I'm just going to set you straight. We're going to fix this. Instead of just, you know, God's got a plan. It's going to work out. It'll be okay. So to sit here and think of Joseph and all the time he was in prison. Yeah. In the end, what was his testimony to his brothers? Genesis 520 or 5020 says but as for you he's looking at his brothers again having that hard conversation i'm sure it was like sitting right here like i really don't want to say this i don't you know he says but as for you ye thought evil against me but god meant it for good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive Okay, Moses and his mother. So here's another one. We got an evil Pharaoh that is saying that all the babies need to be killed. All of the Jewish babies, throw them in a river, cut their heads off. Doesn't matter, just kill them. Don't want them born. All the the baby boys got to die. And so you got Moses' mother. In her face, she's like raising him to the point where, you know, I can't hide him anymore. And so she builds this little basket out of bulrushes, puts her kid in it, puts it in the Nile River. He floats along over to Pharaoh's daughter. And she gets to raise him in Pharaoh's house. So she gets to raise her own son and teach him about God. She trusted in the plan. Okay, now you got Moses on the same hand. You know, he did some things that he wasn't supposed to. He got ahead of God. He wasn't supposed to kill the Egyptian. And then he ran because of fear. But in that, he was learning. He was growing. God was working in his life. God speaks to him in the burning bush. I want you to go be my mouthpiece to Pharaoh. Request denied God. That's not going to happen. They want to kill me, right? I mean, that's what I would have been, No, I'm sorry, I love you, Lord, but I don't, mm, no, I, I don't want to go. No, he says, you know, he did argue with God a little bit. He's, you know, I'm not a good speaker, I can't do this. Fine, you can have Aaron. Aaron will be the speaker, but I'm not talking to Aaron. I'm going to talk to you and then you're going to talk to Aaron and, you know, on and on. In this in the whole thing, what ends up happening? Moses leads all of the children of Israel and some of the Egyptians away. Across the desert, across the Red Sea. I mean, you know, all of these crazy things that were impossible to happen happened because one man was faithful to trust in God's plan. And it's not just about men. Look at Esther. You know, we did that whole series on on Esther and, and there's so much that was brought out in that. It's just amazing. Um you know, if you look at Esther 4, chapter four, verses fourteen through sixteen, is, is really the the high point of all of this. Is Esther has been told about the plan of Haman to have all of the Jewish, all those of Jewish nationality, to be killed, and them not to be able to protect themselves. Um, You know, he says, "You have an opportunity to to let this be known to the king, and maybe save our lives." So, you know, there's a whole dialogue with this. And she's like, "What well, if I go before the king and he doesn't receive me, he can take my head. And so what are the, the plan here between her and Mordecai is that they're going to pray. They're going to fast. They're going to bring it to the Lord. And then here we are. Verse 14, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then there shall be enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Then Esther bade them return to Mordecai this answer. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day, I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish I perish. Peace. There's peace in that. She's like it's in God's hands. I'm scared rightfully so. But if it's the Lord's will for me to die because I stand up for my people, then so be it. Lastly, I just want to bring Paul to, to the stage here to look at in his life. You know, Paul, the apostle, prior Saul, the persecutor, right? I mean, he he was going everywhere he could go to grab Christians and take them to prison, have them slain. He was the man out to get every single Christian he could get. He gets saved and God reveals to him through Ananias that there's going to be some things he's got to go through. But God's plan through Paul was that he was going to talk to kings. He was going to tell the Jewish, the Gentiles, the barbarians, anyone that would listen to him about God, about Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, how he died and three days again he rose again, conquering death and hell. And as I look at that, there's a lot of conviction in that. You know, Paul said, I counted all but dung. He walked away from everything. You know, I mean, he had some stature, he had some clout. He could go to the high priest and tell him, hey, this is the way it is. And they're like, okay. He was the man. When he fell on his knees and gave his life to Christ, he knew firsthand what that road was going to bear. And yet what did he do? He humbly accepts God's plan, goes to Rome, stands for God, was it easy? No. Could you see, could he see the the trials and the struggles? Could he see the end of it? How it was going to turn out? No. When he was there in prison with Silas after being beaten? And they're singing praises to God? Preaching the gospel still? For all he knew, that was that was going to be his last night. That was where he was going to die. If that's what it's going to be, that's what it's going to be. God get the glory. So the second thing that we can have in our life, then it can affect having that peace of God on us or in us is anxiety. Anxiety. That's a fun one. (laughs) Tell you what, brother, I'll stand on my own toes here. (laughs) Anxiety. And, you know, I know for me, at least, I try to be obedient to God's word, Cast your care upon him, for he careth for you. But a lot of times, it's like, you know, God, I really have this problem. And, and I just, I don't know how to get through it. And I really want you to help me with it. You know, please just help me to have the, the discernment, you know, to sound spiritual. You know, Because we want to make our prayers sound all... God, does, God knows the prayer of our heart. But you know, I can say, Lord, I need you to take this. Take this burden from me because it's causing me lots of problems. Help me, you know, just, just take away my anxiety. And, and, and I'll leave it there on the altar and I'll continue praying. But then the next thing you know, I'm like, okay, put this in my backpack. Carry it on with me because I got to figure out how to get this problem fixed. While my red face just gets bigger and more red. And my heart rate goes up. And the sweat is running off of me because I'm just so anxious about it. You know, God wants us, He begs us to cast our cares and our burdens on Him. Um. 2012 to 2015, three years, three years, 12 surgeries, and it mentally changes you. I, you know, I did. I sit there and, and sat in pastor's office several times. I just don't get it. What am I supposed to learn out of this? Why, why am I going through this? When the question should have been, what is it, Lord, you want me to learn? You know, you're, you promise... That you're going to take me through the valley of the shadow of death and i need to yield to the promise that i should fear no evil but why 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 are you allowing this and that was sinful on my part because I should never question God and and why he allowed something. But again, asking the question, what is it I'm supposed to learn? What is it I'm supposed to walk away with? And you know, it wasn't till probably 2017, maybe late 2016, I can't remember now, was the first time that I understood what God was doing through my life. As I had this patient sitting in my office, that was fixing to go into surgery number five to fight an infection. And God opened up a door that no man could shut. I was able to sit there in the office with this young man because, again, God works. God works throughly. God works completely. Normally, the providers that I worked with at that time, if I was in a room more than five minutes, they were knocking on doors, everything okay? Do I need to come get you? You need to get out of there because I need to get in that room. I was able to spend a half hour in that room with that guy, giving him my testimony, telling him about the love of God, praying with him. If I hadn't gone through it, you know, I might have had some compassion on him. I'm like, I'm really sorry you're going through this. But at this point, I knew what he was going through. As a man, having to not do stuff for yourself and have to go and ask another person to do something for you, it's humiliating. I'm a man. I should be able to take care of myself. I should be able to take care of my family. I should be able to do all of these things that I want to do. And now, all of a sudden, I can't do anything for myself. So this guy across of me, he's going through that. You can see it in his face. You could just, he broke down in tears. You know, and it was just, uh, that was God's work. And there's been a couple other times where I've had that opportunity to sit there and talk with an individual and just say, you know, I don't know exactly what you're going through, but I've gone through some stuff. And the only one that got me through it was God. And I guess really, that's the point of all of this. That's the point of it. You can't get yourself through life on your own. You can have good friends that will kind of help you along. But in in the end... The only one that's going to get you through this life is God. God and God alone. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing. Care about none of it. But in everything in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So if I keep all of that stuff, I keep my anxiety, I keep my fear, I keep, you name it, whatever your pet thing is, that you find that, you know, it's like, I'm just kind of in that mood today. Just want that first person to, say something wrong or look cross at me or whatever. Just get me spun up. Get me going, please. No. Cast your care on the Lord and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So again, it comes back to it. I can't do it on my own. I can have a friend help me, but in the end, God is the only one that's going to get me through whatever it is. And I can tell you right now, that fear of another surgery that I had, you know, like I said, all the way through 2015, 12 surgeries, I want another one. Uh, ain't happening. The doctor told me, you, you, you know, you, you go as long as you can go. You'll need a knee replacement. But you know what? Those fears, they're back there. Satan's waiting to start throwing those darts at you. Once you think that you have gotten to a point where you're doing good, You know, I was told you need to have a knee replacement. If you don't get it done, it isn't going to happen. You got maybe a year to get this surgery done. All of those, all of those feelings, all those emotions just come rushing right back in. Satan was quick to open that floodgate. Oh, but well, you may get an infection. You may get this, you may get that. What if it goes wrong? What if it goes sideways? What are you going to do? How are you going to fix it? What about this? What about that? You know, in my mind, it's just like, I'm not a control freak. And anybody who thinks I am, you got problems. (laughs) The thing was, I, you know, I did. I started carrying that anxiety and that fear again. But there was something I learned back in 2015. I got a family here that cares for me. I got a family here that prays for me. I got a family here that loves me. And I can say I'm hurting. And you know what's even better? I got a God that just puts his arm around me, says it'll be all right. We got through the last 12, we'll get through another one. And everything worked out great. Praise the Lord. But the problems are there. Each and every one of us in here has something that they hold really close. I don't want anybody to know about this. And it isn't a time to open up and kumbaya and hold hands. But the the thing is, you got a God that wants to walk in the cool of the day with you and hold your hand and say, tell me about your day. Tell me what you're feeling. Tell me what you're thinking. It isn't the eloquent prayer that he desires to hear. It's the simple prayer of the heart. David, countless times, Why art thou cast down on my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? And what's he say? Hope thou in God. So I don't know. I'm not sure where this is set for anybody tonight other than, you know, this is where God spoke to my heart over these last couple weeks. But the one thing I do want you to definitely know and walk out with is that each one of those examples that we looked at tonight, that God brought them through the stuff, they couldn't see the end. Daniel and the lions then, he didn't know if that door was ever going to open. But what did he do? He put his faith in God. He trusted God's plan. And in the end, it was so he could affect the lives of someone else. It wasn't for Daniel. Yeah, he was saved from the lions. Yeah, that that was for him, but... In the end, the trial that he went through was so that he could be a benefit in someone else's life. So let's, let's take our eyes off of ourselves and the situation, put our eyes on the Lord, trust in his mighty arm and, my, and his might, and allow him to be the shield and buckler in your life that he promises he will be.